0: At that point, he proceeded to the dark side of the moon in pitch blackness with no side of the lunar surface, cut off from radio contact with everyone and everything. To put it another way, as millions and millions and millions of men, women, and children watched the astronaut, the one small step, the giant leap forward for mankind, he was the only one who had no idea what was taking place. He was alone and in the dark. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 216, the least known astronaut of Apollo 11. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. Let us speak of the late Michael Collins, the third man of the crew of Apollo 11, the one who did not walk on the moon, who stayed within Apollo as the lunar module known as Eagle, bearing Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin headed for Tranquility Base. To Neil Armstrong goes the famous distinction, first man. Buzz Aldrin, with his personality, came to personify the daring do of astronaut bravery itself. Collins, in contrast, was, as many headlines in his obituary put it, the quote-unquote forgotten astronaut of Apollo 11. But in fact, Collins was a remarkable man, all the more remarkable because he was entirely proud of and satisfied with the incredible role that he played in making history, as of course he ought to have been. Thus, an obituary in Time magazine tells us, quote, Few people think about the time Michael Collins didn't go to the moon. Collins, who died of cancer on April 28th at age 90, is best remembered as Apollo 11's command module pilot, in some ways the unluckiest man on the luckiest mission of all time. It was Apollo 11 that, in the summer of 1969, stuck the first crewed lunar landing, taking Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin down to the surface, while Collins, bless him, stayed aloft in the command module orbiting 60 miles above, keeping his uniform clean and white while his crewmates got dirty on the endless gray beach that is the moon. All three men got the credit. All three got the parades and the medals and the world tour and the TV appearances. But Armstrong and Aldrin were the two truly limbed in the light of history. End quote. So Time Magazine tells us. But then... The author of this obituary makes another fascinating point. We might have thought that given how the spotlight, not to mention the eyes of the entire world, were on the men who walked on the moon, that Collins would have longed to experience the glory himself, to journey on a future mission to the moon. But no, having succeeded in the mission granted to him, he was entirely satisfied. Thus, the article continues, quote, Michael Collins could have had another seat on a later mission to the moon, this time his commander and this time leaving his own bootprints behind. Deke Slayton, the head of NASA's astronaut office, promised him as much before he left, but Collins passed up the opportunity. I can remember I told him, thanks, Deke, he said. If Apollo 11 is having problems and isn't going to land, I'll come back and knock on your door. But if it's successful, I decline your offer for another flight. It did succeed, and he did decline, and that's just fine. Michael Collins served and flew and thrived and wrote and left his rich, nearly musical voice behind to remind us that he passed this way. That's more than enough. Godspeed, General Collins. End quote. So, the Time article tells us, and it is indeed inspiring. And I would like to suggest that this astronaut who never landed on the moon can help us understand why Jewish celebration has been linked to the moon and why we see in the moon a source of such inspiration. Psalm 81 has become central to Jewish consciousness because Talmudic tradition finds in it a celebration of the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, what is today known as the New Year. This link is, however, not explicit in the psalm, and only when we understand the rabbinic deduction can we truly Cognize the inspirational message found in its scriptural words. The psalm, also linked to Asaf, tells us as follows. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the psaltery. Thus we are told that this is a celebratory psalm. But what exactly are we celebrating? We have next a verse which must be read in Hebrew. Tiku vachodesh shofar bakesa Yom hageno Which can be translated as Below a shofar at the new moon, or the new month, Ba'kesh when the day of our holiday is covered up. This, the rabbis explain, is a reference to Rosh Hashanah, which is the only Jewish holiday that takes place at the beginning of the month. What, says the Talmud, is the holiday that occurs when the moon is concealed? Rosh Hashanah. In other words, unlike Sukkot or Passover, which take place when the moon is full, on Rosh Hashanah there is at most a small sliver of moon in the midst of the darkness. The psalm is thus commanding us to celebrate Rosh Hashanah and to sound the shofar in celebration, and this is the meaning of the verse that follows, for this is a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. Thus, the psalm describes here the celebration of Rosh Hashanah, and it tells us that we are to see as a source of celebration the moons going from hiddenness to revealed luminance, from darkness to radiance. We are to utilize that as inspiration for the year ahead. The meaning of this might be that we mark with the new moon the capacity for human renewal for each one of us as well as collectively for the hopes and dreams of the Jewish people. Consider, the radiance of the moon is taken by tradition to symbolize the glory of the Davidic dynasty. I believe we mentioned during our study of the Book of Kings how the medieval Sephardic exegete Rabbeinu Bahaya gave us a haunting but incredibly instructive device to summarize the kings of the House of David. The moon waxes and becomes full at 15 days. It then wanes, and in 15 days from its fullness, it disappears. There were, Rabbeinu B'chaya wrote, 15 generations from Abraham to Solomon. It was Solomon who built the temple, a radiant, glorious moment in Jewish history. The Davidic dynasty, however, largely descended from there. 15 generations from Solomon brings us to Tedekiah, the last Davidic king of Judah, who was blinded by Nebuchadnezzar. But the moon, we know, shows the faintest, palest luminosity one day after disappearing. And similarly, Jews saw in the new moon a hope for restoration, which is why the Talmud, describing the Davidic descendant or by Judah the prince, utilizing during a period of persecution the following phrase as a coded signal for the advent of the new moon, David Melch Israel Chai V'kayam, King David lives still, meaning the Jewish people live still, the national aspirations of the people live still, the hope for a restored Jerusalem lives still. Light in the darkness, hope in the face of despair. And this, perhaps, is the meaning of the verse that follows this psalm's instruction to sound the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt. For the rabbis, this teaches that it was on Rosh Hashanah that Joseph, all alone in Egypt, was released from Pharaoh's prison. It was then that he interpreted the dreams of the Egyptian ruler and began to reign over the land. Like the new moon, in the darkness, in the midst of suffering, Joseph was suddenly free. God's plan began to be revealed, and this member of the Israelite family, so many miles away from the brethren that had once rejected him, was about to begin the process of reconciliation and reunion with them. Rosh Hashanah, Joseph, the new moon, all embody the possibility of a ray of hope appearing suddenly, when all light seems to be absent. And it is in pondering this that Michael Collins emerges again as a source of inspiration. It is true in a sense that Collins was closer than anyone else to Armstrong and Aldrin at their moment of glory. But in another sense, he was much further. Because as the module descended and the immortal words the eagle has landed were uttered, Collins was, quite literally, out of sight, out of mind. At that point, he proceeded to the dark side of the moon in pitch blackness, with no side of the lunar surface, cut off from radio contact with everyone and everything. To put it another way, as millions and millions and millions of men, women, and children watched the astronaut, the one small step, the giant leap forward for mankind, he was the only one who had no idea what was taking place. He was alone and in the dark. According to the New York Times, Collins wrote in his memoir describing the moment, quote, I'm alone now, truly alone and absolutely isolated from any known life. And he would further that if a count were taken, the score would be three billion plus two over on the other side of the moon and one plus God only knows what on this side. Then suddenly, Collins emerged out of the darkness. He was reunited in contact with his colleagues and found out that the eagle had landed. Thus, he truly symbolizes our ability to be in the darkness, see a tiny flash of moon reborn, and thereby discover a sign of hope. The truth is that we do not need to be on the dark side of the moon in order to experience loneliness. I have always found haunting a passage in Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchik's book, The Lonely Man of Faith. A quote that he wrote during the space race, before Apollo 11 succeeded. A quote that he wrote about all that is missing spiritually in modernity. This passage of Rabbi Soloveitchik's reads, quote, Who knows what kind of loneliness is more agonizing? The one which befalls man when he casts his glance at the mute cosmos, at its dark spaces in monotonous drama, or the one that besets man exchanging glances with his fellow man in silence? Who knows whether the first astronaut who will land on the moon, confronted with a strange, weird, And grisly panorama will feel a greater loneliness than Mr. X moving along jubilantly with the crowd and exchanging greetings on New Year's Eve at a public square. Our own loneliness can occur in a crowd, or it can occur in space. But upon return, Collins emphasized that what had occurred, what was achieved, was not only because of those three astronauts, but because of their connectedness to so many others, because of their indebtedness to so many others. Collins said. this trip of ours to the moon may have looked to you simple or easy. All you see is the three of us, but beneath the surface are thousands and thousands of others. And to all those, I would like to say thank you very much. End quote. Thus does the once loneliest man in the universe find his bond to so many. And similarly, ladies and gentlemen, in our modern world, we can find ourselves in a state akin to Collins, cut off in the dark. But just as all that was required was for him to round the bend and reconnect with the moon, with his friends, and achieve his mission, so too the small sliver of lunar light at the heart of the Jewish calendar and of the New Year's Eve marked by Jews reminds us of our own ability to engage in renewal in our lives and to discover our bond with others. As I was researching Michael Collins, I found the following quote from him about Apollo 11. He said, quote, I think a future flight should include a poet, a priest, and a philosopher. We might get a much better idea. Of what we saw. End quote. To this I say that I'm not a poet and I'm not a priest, but I am clergy and I did study philosophy. So if NASA is listening to Bible 365, sign me up. But my real gratitude is to Michael Collins, for in learning about him, I understood more profoundly how the moon reminds us as individuals and as a people of all that we can accomplish. I saw further that Michael Collins reflected that quote, I know that I would be a liar or a fool if I said that I had the best of the three Apollo 11 seats, but I can say with truth and equanimity that I am perfectly satisfied with the one I have. End quote. Collins, one might say, reminds us of how to live, how to look at our own lives, and, if so blessed, to rejoice in the opportunities to make our talents manifest in this world. For this, we thank Michael Collins as we study the Psalm of the Concealed New Moon, as we thank God for his blessings, and we aim for the stars. This is Mayor Soloveitchik, looking forward to learning together tomorrow, signing off.